to sort of see everybody, I guess, but uh, we'll get started for sure. Yesterday, um, or last night, I would say I was uh, one really proud of the effort of the guys. And I thought, well, that's some coach cliche. But I think 15 weeks out, uh, we said there was going to be a lot of moving parts. And it happened again this week. We had uh, some guys who were out uh, with COVID, including some coaches. So to have um, Adden and Malik and Tristan and Jay Lou, um, when those things happen, um, you know, like I said, it is coaching cliche that uh, you get stronger from those moments where other guys have different trust opportunities to go and do it. Uh, but it's also very true. And uh, certainly for a guy like AB to move inside to play nickel and Kelvin to play, move outside and, and get his first start outside. Um, there's a lot of talk, obviously, and there should be on 7 and 11 and 90 and 94, and it definitely should be. But I'm also especially proud of guys like Keanu and JK and Anthony Brown who moved inside and Kelvin. So um, in this game, uh, that's one of the things I was happy about, to move guys into different spots and have those moments come through in, in that spot. And that would be a guy like uh, Anthony who went inside. So, um, But past that, lots to, uh, to talk about. So let you guys uh, rip it with some questions. And could you go ahead and start with the just the level of athletic difficulty on that Demarcus Lawrence play, and, and describe what you describe that play, and just how often you've seen that sort of play, and just uh, how difficult it is to pull off. Well, I thought there was uh, one just having the uh, ability to catch, you know, and, and make people miss on space. If you go back and watch it and you see how hard guys are battling to help him get in the end zone, I think uh, Donovan was one and Randy was another. I think that kind of speaks to, you know, the level that they'll go to for their guys. I thought that was like a, a real example of brotherhood that we talk about. But on Dono, on that particular one of him getting down, he got just enough, I thought, of the center to give Law a chance to make a move on the quarterback to go. Because if he doesn't get there, the center probably you know knocks him out of bounds just where it was. But uh, it was a fantastic play. I was so excited up in the press box and um, you know just yelling for him how excited I was. But I guess in a couple of weeks to see two D linemen uh, show their hands and get in the end zone with uh, Carlos and then uh, with DeMarcus, uh, we were all really fired up for him. You know, I don't know. That, that's um, certainly a question for another team's press conference. But uh, what I would say, you know, like we knew coming in they were going to take shots. And that's part of their game plan to go. So when those moments happen, you know, whether you block it up and they have a side that they want to go to, um, that happens some. But what is so damn impressive is the way Trey can track it. And uh, there was a spot there where he went from being the defender to being the receiver. And uh, not everybody has that trait, but he certainly does. And uh, so to have that play happen at the end, and uh, no more excited to see Aiden uh, and his celebration for his dad and how cool that was, too. So I would say, uh, I don't know why you know you pick and choose. I mean, that's ball. You got to go and take your shots. But uh, I, I think the most impressive part was the way he tracked it and then really transitioned to where he was going to get the pass. You mentioned last week some of the plays that might not show up on stats but make an impact. There's a play in the second, Washington's second series where Micah hits the quarterback and Trayvon just walks the pass. It's not an interception. It's not a sack. But can you talk about what you like on how the Russian cover was working together on plays like 
Yeah, when those moments happen, then you really feel like the team connection. It's not just on a pass play. It can be um, as on a simple run play. There was a good example um, early in a run play with uh, Chauncey Golson really set the edge on the tight end coming across, and Kiki came, and I thought his contact and the hit. So like, it can be in a run, it can be in a pass, but when you see um, our guys working in sync together, I think that's a really big deal. And one of the things that we would say is, hey, uh, I'll do my job so you can do yours. And uh, those two, the examples you're pointing out on the pass with uh, Micah and Trey is an example just like it was in the run game with Chauncey and Keanu. If you know your guy is going to be in your spot and you, know, you force a ball to go a certain way, it allows you to play faster and more aggressive because you know your guy is going to be in the right spot. And I think those two plays probably illustrate that as well as any others. Dan, starting this week, teams needing coaches can start uh, interviewing candidates, and I'm sure your name's going to be up on this list. You've gone through it before when you're in Seattle. How do you anticipate handling that, and, and what do you what do you think of the change where teams can now talk to coaches in the uh, with? regular season games to go. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the league's trying to do a good job to make sure there's access for people. And I hope um, one day in the future what is even more challenging is um, when a team decides to hire a coach, um, you know, during a long playoff run and they're having to wait till the end of the year. So I'm hopeful that one day uh, we can change that rule as well. I, I went through it firsthand um, in 2014 when I was at Seattle. And um, you don't get named till after. but there was pretty good chance I was going there. And Kyle Shanahan had a similar experience in 16 at Atlanta going to San Francisco. So um, as far as your question goes, I think it's good you know, for the league to get access to people when um, you know, there's time to do it. And the people that are getting you know, called to ask, um, these are you know, people they want to get more familiar with. So I, don't, I think it's a good thing. But I'm hopeful that we even take it a step further in a few years to say, when the time is right, I know we do it in some other leagues, to hire somebody that they're able to do that. But um, like all things, I think uh, you know, progress is sometimes little steps at a time. And I think this would be, I think, one that's better for the NFL if, if uh, you know, it's our first year trying it, and we'll see where it goes. But I think it's a good start. Uh, Dan, um, just your thoughts on wanting a, a second opportunity. I mean, obviously, you'll focus on the Cowboys' job, as you said repeatedly. But just your thoughts on this is the time where the team can come after you now. Uh, right. I think, you know, for me coming here, I wasn't, you know, coming here to look what my next job would be. I wanted to come in here and have a blast and, and hopefully kick ass and, you know, make an impact that we can. And um, I probably, I don't know if you saw me in the press box last night, like I was having a hell of a good time. You know, okay, when you see a guy like uh, DeMarcus score, that's what I love about coaching. So um, if those moments come, you know, I'll, I'll be ready for them if the right scenario um, came about, but honestly, I'm having a blast being, you know, right here with this crew and, and going for it. So that's where my mind is. That's where my heart is. I don't really, really spend a lot of time um, thinking about down the road of what's next. I just really like being in the moment with the guys. So um, nothing to report on my end in that space. And uh, like I said, I'm having a blast doing what I'm doing. Along those lines, when you're a head coach, there's a lot of administrative components that come with that job. This season for you, how much of it has been just kind of getting back to coaching in its purest sense? And has that, what's that been like as an experience for you? One, it's you're like you nailed that is a big piece of the head coaching um, role where you're kind of setting the course and the schedule for everybody. And 
one of your top jobs as um, a head coach is obviously coaching all the coaches, too, to make sure the message gets down from them to the players. So for me, kind of getting back, like you just said, of uh, being in the meeting rooms, getting in the teaching, being out on the field, you know, getting to do individual with the guys, um, it's been a blast. And so I, I definitely have enjoyed it. I really wanted to make sure, um, you know, coming into this year, when you when you get let go, some of the joy is gone. You know, you put your heart and soul into it, it doesn't work out. And so uh, by me coming here and being a part of this, I've recaptured a lot of that, what I love about coaching and all the energy that it goes into it. And uh, so my wife, Stacey, and I were having a blast here to do it. But uh, getting, uh, you're right, to get back to the level of coaching and connection with the guys, um, it's been all that I'd hoped it would be here. That it? Scott, do you have a question? He's gone, Scott. Mike, uh, Yeah, Dan, I just wanted to get your take on what you thought of Kelvin Joe instead of stepping into that uh, bigger role and just how he played in the game yesterday. One, I thought he played with a lot of confidence. And I, I knew that he would. I, I thought he'd play well. He's been preparing well in practice. So you have a good chance when that comes to come up. But what I did like was at the line of scrimmage. And I think you guys probably saw that, too, where he could really get his hands on somebody and lock him out. Uh, I thought he had a good couple good tackles. Um, in fact, one on a TFL, I think, on a, one of the swing screens. But uh, for his first moment, it was exciting to see him get in and do all the things that he's been working on. And sometimes when you're not playing a lot, it can get frustrating, you know, because you're waiting for your moment, you're waiting for your chance. And he's been playing well on special teams. So I think it goes to show, you know, when you put the work in and there's going to be a time, you know, for everybody on this roster. And I think no bigger example this year than our defense of how many people have played. When your number's called and you deliver, there's a lot of trust and a lot of confidence that gets um, that comes out of that. And I thought he was the the next example of a guy who's, you know, when your number's called and you deliver, um, gives a lot of confidence because the, there's going to be another opportunity, you know, moving forward when these things happen. And uh, I thought he really nailed it. Dan, while we're on the subject of uh, Kelvin, does he have anything in his skill set that is uh, unique or different enough from A.B. and Jordan that based on what you saw yesterday, you would feel any compulsion going forward to find a way to get him on the field more? There's a lot of guys who fall under that space of uh, finding more. Um, and they're at DB, they're at linebacker, they're at defensive line. But I think what it went to go and show Brad inside how strong he played on the line of scrimmage um, against certain guys where he could really get his hands on and lock you out. And not everybody plays in that style. So I would imagine there'll be some players, um, you know, if, when we're talking about a matchup and who do you want to feature a player on, um, now you have some ways to do that. Hey, this is a guy that you want to stay on. Um, then he's got the strength to do that. Uh, Coach, you talked about guys waiting for their turn here. <clears throat> um, when you've got so much talent there and some of it in reserve roles, how do you go about trying to foster competition at these position groups while also making sure that there's not discontent with their role? Yeah, and that is a fine line, Bobby. And the way that we try to think through it, I, there's about 18 or 19 starters, you know, that are here. And I said, well, Dan, that doesn't make sense. There's only 11 that play. But I think there's enough significant roles of safeties and linebackers and pass rushers to run guys to go into those. And so um, it's not always easy, I'll be honest with you, to make sure you're um, these are really competitive guys who want to go put out and show to others, hey, man, like you can count on me when this job is, is up. And so each game's a little bit different. Sometimes you see some play time more in one game 
versus another based on a style of an offense or how they deploy, you know, three or four receiver sets or or even less. And so that's kind of the fun part of the game planning because not every single week is exactly the same. But um, it's definitely a challenge. But um, I think months ago um, we had a good discussion about going from selfish to selfless and. Uh, that's not an easy thing to do, but at the end, when everybody's playing well and you got all this whole crew going and they're really busting their ass and putting out for one another, um, that helps. But uh, yes, it's not. It's definitely a tricky uh, moment that you have to work through. But fortunately for us, because of the connection of them and the team, um, they're able to work through it, and we are too. And kind of following up, or going along that same line, even a little bit more, as, as you get closer to the playoffs, and I understand you have particular matchups, but yep. do you, in general, tighten the rotation? Do you keep it the same as it kind of developed over the course of the season? Or what approach do you take when you get uh, this close to postseason going in? Yeah, and I think, um, honestly, right now where we're going, we're just you know, getting some guys who are back and get some more playing time. And like, for instance, you know, a guy like Gallimore, let's keep him playing. You know, he didn't have a lot of playing time in D-Law to get him playing. So as we get... Um, you know, over the next couple of weeks, I think it's an important part to get guys in their rotation, get their feeling good. And it'd be nice if we could get all of us going together to get more time. But sometimes that's how it works out due to injuries and otherwise, you know, talking about like Jordan and Malik and Tristan out in, in the last few. So just finding that time together where it's a look, it's a hand signal. Those are the things that you need um, to continue to work on as a group, because when you're playing you know, out on the field, it's not all just according, hey, this is what the playbook says, and that's how we, that communication, hey, let's in and out this player, let's, this is a pass call, what's the signal, how do we go? So I think the more time the guys get together, uh, that's as important, David, as anything, because the matchups will kind of take care of themselves depending on who we're playing and how they want to play. But what you can't really replicate is the time and the effort together to make sure they go. And I think that's why on this particular group, when we had guys on IR or guys who weren't out and they were still a big part of the meetings um, to keep their focus to do that, I think it allowed them to get back into the mix faster, David. So a guy like Law who was out six or eight weeks or Neville who was even longer. And uh, so they were in the meetings. They were in it. They didn't you know, just step away and do the rehab and then step back into the moment. But by being in there, I can just still I remember I was just going through a cut up earlier today to watch um, to, I think it was Arizona in the preseason. I see Demarcus with his pants on and a jersey, and knowing that he wasn't playing um, in that game. But it just kind of showed, like, it reminded me, I guess, of like how far everybody's in for one another. You know, coaching guys on the sideline, even when you're not in. And I think that goes, you know, to the talk of his leadership and, and others on the team as well. But long answer for you. But I think. At the end of the day, having this many guys back in the rooms and back in it allows that connection to happen faster. But it still comes down to like on the job training. You have to do it out at practice. You have to be on the grass. And then in the game is where the most um, happens. It's loud as hell. Our crowd was ripping last night. So, you know, how do you communicate non verbally when calls come in? And those are the things that you can't replicate because uh, not only was it loud last night, I hope it gets even louder in the weeks ahead. But uh, last night you could feel the energy from the crowd. And <clears throat> working in that environment is a big piece of it. When the ball goes up, do y'all make it now soon that Trayvon's going to come down with him? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would say um, 
I think that a lot when it does go up to his direction because they okay, we got a shot here. And then he'll constantly um, impress me with some ones that I didn't think that were there and he had you know, chances to go get it. But uh, when it's 50-50, um, I don't think of it as 50-50 when the ball goes up you know, with him in a one-on-one, -on -one, truly one-on-one -on -one scenario. Okay. Well, I think um, the film study, a lot goes into that because, quite honestly, um, when you're an outside player, not it's not all the formations, Jory, so sometimes it's a release. Um, sometimes it's where the receiver is on a split, you know, like oftentimes we use the numbers as a landmark, inside the numbers, outside the numbers, where is he? And so those things can sometimes tell. There's also some different depths that somebody may do a double move or are their routes timed or what's his release like? And so as a corner, you can really dig in. I think like corners and pass rushers, they can really study the player or players that they're going against a lot, where some other positions like a safety, formations and alerts and formations and alert and a middle linebacker. but out on the edges at corners and pass rushers at defensive ends, I think you can gain a lot from the player. What's his stance? What's his release for the offensive lineman? Where does his hands go? So those are big pieces, I think. In the film study, I would say for him, it's a big part of it. Absolutely. And you mentioned how fun it was to see Aiden celebrating for Trayvon. How much do you talk to Trayvon about that? And I guess what's it been like for you to witness the dynamic? I think, um, one, we know that uh, there's some definite stars with um, Trey and with Steph, but uh, there's another star in that house. And uh, he may not have his time for a few more years, but uh, seeing like that kind of enthusiasm and love, you know, it's really cool to see. And so when he gets so excited, um, it's just a really cool thing. So my wife had, in fact, showed me when he got, you know, just jumping up and down excited. So just seeing that uh, for your parent, I think it's kind of a cool thing to see. Hey, guys, one more question, please. Dan, if you can take us back to when you were in Atlanta and, and evaluating Trayvon, and, and did it ever come up and like, hey, his brother's a pretty good player, and not that that guarantees that he will be a player in the league, but what did you guys think of the brother dynamic uh, when you guys were looking at him? Well, you know, we because they didn't play the same position, Todd, that's a little different. Sometimes it's easier to say, okay, he was a receiver or a defensive end or thinking like the Watts, you know, okay, we're older brother bigger, this guy's different. And I think sometimes you have to be careful in those moments to make sure there's that sun again. I like it right in my face. Um, I think you have to be uh, really careful not to um, put somebody, he's just like that. And so one thing you did know is they both had the same uh, competitive fire and drive and insight to go. And we knew that from Stefan years ago, we had actually recruited him when I was at the University of Florida, and Trey came on the visits with him as a young one. And so when we knew we were looking at him, you knew all the competitive stuff and the ball skills were there, and you just had a sense when he got into the NFL with these kind of ball skills, it would translate. And sometimes you hear you know, coaches or scouts use that word. Why does it translate? Because his ball skills were rare. And in the NFL, if you have rare things and you can you know, utilize those rare traits, there's a chance that uh, you got some big production. And uh, he's delivered on those. Guys, we're going to have to wrap this up. Thank you, guys. All right. Last one, Scott, or no? Yeah, one more. Go ahead. Better be a good one. I mean, if it's not, we're going to dock you. And next week, you do not get a follow-up.
Latai, uh, just the challenges that Colin Murray presents to you uh, this week. Obviously, it's, it's, it's a different type of quarterback from what you've seen previous four or five weeks. Yeah, and uh, well, I think the first thing goes um, is the extension of plays. You know that you talk about when you're facing a quarterback with his um, escape ability. Um, you're really defending two plays. So Calvin, the first one may start in a regular drop back. Um, and then the second one, if he wants to, you know, get outside, and we call the word plaster, where you have to, you know, turn into man to man on those moments. But um, that's the first thing. And then I think knowing um, that he can rip the ball from any part on the field, um, not only do you have to defend it horizontally, you have to defend it vertically as well. And those are usually the most challenging people. Sometimes you can say, hey, they're going to work to this side of the field or this side of the formation, or there's an alert that goes. But when you're alive um, at any any part of the field, then I think that presents more challenges than most. So um, we face other good quarterbacks this year, and we'll face uh, some more to go. But he's definitely um, has some unique things based on um, his ability to create plays on the run. So uh, tough competitor, for sure. Um, you can feel that. He um, takes a hit, gets back up, gets into it, and he always seems to be uh, have his team in the fight. All right. Your question was worthy. We'll give you another one next week, Calvin. All right. You guys have a good one. See you. Thanks, guys.